0: mums i'm claire and i'm jen we're two best friends with adhd and we both have kids the struggle is real (音楽)
1: hello Welcome. welcome to episode eight yes it's our final episode in diagnosis month and we're gonna talk to it's one of our interview episodes Let's make that clear. Well, there is also the lovely Rosie Gilmoss who has her own podcast called Widow Day F. I love your show my <laughs> Rosie, Rosie Gilmas. Well, you know what? That's one of my little ticks because sometimes when I'm midway through a word, I forget what I'm saying. So you'll you'll hear that I draw all around sometimes. <laughs> 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 Um yeah, and she's from Widow Day F podcast. That's a week came across her and it's really really good it's about young widows of which sadly she is one yes um but she also has adhd and she has private diagnosis and she's just going to start with us along with lots of other things about adhd
0: so stay tuned <laughs> but first of all highs and lows of the week <laughs> ADHD mom it's the highs and lows it's the highs and lows it's the highs and lows, the highs. High and lows, and lows. highs and lows of the week so
1: who's going first
0: you drew the shortest short, to short,
1: draw <coughs> okay alright then so I've got um, a glasses related low <sighs> Um, you may recall, Jen. I lost my glasses for a couple of months at least. Oh yeah, you've got them on the now, they've got a little <laughs> pink ball on them. They have got a pink <laughs> ball on them and that's part of what it is. <laughs> that's very and who keep yeah, well I found my glasses <laughs> and um then the the arm fell off. <sighs> so this is not the first time that happened to me. They look greasy. I shut off. <laughs> <laughs> That's got like a greasy face. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, yes. Yeah, so the the little nail fellows, and yeah, you can go to the and You can get fixed for the thing. So um, in the meantime, I put a little earring in to hold them together. i <laughs> the only one I like a big pink ball stud. <laughs> Why <laughs> okay, haven't you asked me yet? I've got all that jewellery-making kit. Well, I haven't seen you. Well, so i uh, it tonight. Anyway, you're not going out like that again. These glasses. You're a kooky bitch. Oh, God. <laughs> There's nothing worse than being called kooky, <laughs> <No>. is there? <laughs> is it? Um, I bet you've been called kooky a lot. I've been called kooky a few times in my life. <laughs> yeah. And well, it's you're not not just not a kooky coser, are you? Um, no. Carry on. Um... So anyway, um, I thought, oh, I'll, take, I'll go to the optician and I'll get them fixed. Um, a while I'm there, I need some new glasses. I got so far out, I left my contact lens appointment. So I went and did all that. Um, I forgot to ask them to fix my glasses. <gasps> so I've actually been to the optician and still not got it done. Oh, God, yeah. that's,
0: that's agony. I'm surprised they didn't comment on your kooky ball.
1: Not I had a reminder check the words off if I didn't have my contact lens in because uh. it's a contact lens appointment but then of course I'd forgot to take a spare pair of contact lenses with me or the glasses with the pink ball and they make you take your contact lenses out so you can check your eyes and put yellow stuff in your eyes so I had to make my way home like a blind bat because oh no. I'm a bit like Scooby-Doo's <laughs> Velma. I'm like, <laughs> I can't see you. I'm like, where's my glasses? <laughs> no offense to our blind listeners. And I do actually um, sometimes get called Velma as well. I've got glasses <laughs> and a, a red bulb and people you are, are Velma. imaginative. Velma vibes. <sighs> um, What about your
0: high? Me hi. I started a new trend around Liverpool with a glasses <laughs> ball.
1: Yeah. Um I returned to work over ooh, the past ooh, ooh. week because I've been off on long term sick for quite a so while. Well. Yeah. Um, I had long COVID. Don't want to hear from the, anyone who says there's no such thing because I'll just put you in the bin. <laughs> and um, I had long COVID. I also had God, a
0: on top of, bin top of, out on top of.
1: and fibro. And uh, all this was going on. Anyway, I've gone back. And that means I need to get myself organised. Yes. <laughs> so i um, got my slow cooker out. <laughs> 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 it had been gathering dust. Wait a minute.
0: This is in the highs This is a fucking high I can't believe it. it's not going to end up with a burnt Slop like no. I had
1: with the slow cooker Come on,
0: make me jealous
1: Well, do you ever follow measurements? No no. I make like, a veggie I do because I lack confidence So I made lentil doll Because that's one of my son's favourites I realised that doll is The word for lentils And lentil doll is the thing so Oh I didn't know yeah. <laughs> Don't be giving me any of that either. I made, like, about ten portions of that in the slow cooker and then um, mm. put them all in little boxes and put them in the freezer. You
0: actually meal put them into the freezer?
1: Yeah, which is, like... This
0: is ridiculous. Shocking, isn't it? Did he like it?
1: Yeah, he loves it. <gasps> he did say it needed more salt. Well, he can add that. I don't, think he, I don't think he knows what that means, to be honest. That's amazing. Yeah. Well done, yeah. OMG So come on Tell me yours
0: Very back to school themed Again May I just insert a timely teaser Mm. That we've now uh, We're developing Work and careers month
1: Yeah Inspired
0: by Claire's return to work We were like That's going to be The month after next Mm. The Milo
1: Yeah
0: Back to school related Mm-hmm Back to school, back to Headlace. Ah oh. She's in me house and we've been hugging and shit and I haven't I know, told her yeah. till now. I mean, I,
1: I've literally <laughs> just itched my head before you oh, said God. it. <laughs> um No, I did see the uh, stuff in the in the oh, bathroom okay. there. Babe, do you
0: know there was just it was just relentless last year within her class, my eldest's class. Yeah. Every time I definitely, definitely got rid of them. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. It'd be a few weeks till she got them again, God. and the whole class was You know, a lot of the class, some of the mums managed to have their their like kids' hair mm. tightly put into hairstyles, yeah. and that makes it so much harder to get, doesn't yeah. it? But my daughter won't won't go near bubbles. Oh. She's got a proper you know bird's nest hair, isn't yeah. she? Like, and she just. So it's so hard to, like, oh, no. limit her catching them too, And I use the spray that's meant to, like, be repellent. Um, <sighs> then I don't know if maybe the little one got them from nursery as well and was given them back, or, like, if it went through, like, family members of mm. ours that maybe then we got rid of it, then someone gave it back or whatever. Oh,
1: my God. Um,
0: in fact, a, f- a family member has definitely had them and probably was from my kids at the start of the summer. Then it's like, you know, it's like that. Um, And I just Their dad passed them back to me last week And said oh um, I've started The uh, treatment but I Mm. haven't had the chance To finish it will you Because I I saw You know know, they've been itching loads That was what he was saying Um, So I did the hair with the knit comb Yeah one of them had loads of just tiny Eggs Mm. tiny though Like but no headlinks And the youngest had like Five full size but Uh. not Many eggs it was a weird... I couldn't work it out now, I'm itching. I didn't have any. My boyfriend didn't have any. Mm-hmm. Now, I've come to an agreement with their dad, which is fantastic. Every weekend handover now, mm-hmm. he's going to bring them... For the foreseeable, Yeah. he's going to put them in the bath and can put conditioner in their hair right. before he hands them back to me, oh. bring them back in the car, mm-hmm. and then I'll start combing through with the knit comb. Oh, okay. So... I feel it's like good. we're going to be on top of it, but I've had to email both the class teachers and say, and I've had to say in the WhatsApp group to the mums, and everyone's like, oh, no. And I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. Like, oh. It might be another kid in the class that she's got them off, but because she's, my eldest has just got these tiny eggs, and my youngest had headlace. I think now she's the one who's brought them back from nursery, and there doesn't seem to be much chat about headlaces in nursery, there, and there's no mum's WhatsApp group, mm-hmm. so it might just I think they it's more treat. likely they've come from nursery.
1: My son only oh. had them once, and I do remember this: the, the combing through of the hair was just one of the worst experiences clean yeah, Was that when he had
0: short hair or long?
1: He only had short hair, babe. Yeah, exactly. And, but it and was like have got fine, it was thick tangling. yes. Screaming.
2: The neurodivergence
0: is like such a bad match for having to deal with this.
1: I, feel, I felt so sorry for
0: him but mm. I knew I had to do it and I felt like I was like, abusing him like, putting the comb through most, most times I've done it and it's been a lot mm. over the past year my two have been screaming crying mm. in the bath wow. and suddenly it's turned a corner where I've got a new way and it's good where the dad put that stuff on and it had a chance to soak in and, that, yeah. and he didn't douse it as much as I had mm. um, but I had them watching a film in the living room and like they were allowed a treat while I did it. Yeah. They were they were pretty right. chill. And I wet brushed them first. Oh, anyway. That's... Moving swiftly on to my high, which is also back to school related. Yeah. Um I've had a real win for me babe. I was honestly I was so chuffed this is absolute mumbance this like it's like <laughs> it's of interest to no one who is not like not dealing mom. with a school child yeah. but for you for you who are um which we think
1: is probably our listener
0: isn't it, <laughs> isn't it? Is <laughs> probably yeah um one of the things me my eldest still enjoys to eat is, like, a healthy, you know, fruity bar type things from, like, you know, the Aldi, like, Mammy or whatever, the strawberry oat bar or that sort of thing. Um, And she would have them in her packed lunch, but then she came home one day at the end of last term and was, like, upset and was saying, everyone laughs at me when I have these because such and such few girls' names call them toddler bars. And they've all Aww. ones that have got little sisters. I mean, like she has. Yeah. But she, they all say they're toddler bars Aww. and laugh at me. So I was TVs. really disappointed. <laughs> like, oh shit! Well, that's the end of one healthy thing that she'll eat. And then
1: my son still eats them, by the way.
0: Well, good. When it was doing back to school and I was prepping a lunchbox, mm-hmm. I had a brainwave and I took the bar and cut it into like bite-sized pieces oh. and put it in a little bento box. Mm-hmm. And then I said to her the next morning, ready for school, said, I've cut up your toddler bar and took it out the wrapper. And so you can tell your friends you've got mini flapjacks. Yes. Oh my God, when she got home, she was beaming. And she said to me, guess what? And I was like, what? She doesn't talk to me about school. Mm. I was like, what? And she doesn't really start conversations like that a lot of the time either. Or smile a lot. Um, I was like, what? And she was like, our plan worked she said our plan worked (laughs) so it was like
1: togetherness
0: and I was like what plan she liked getting
1: one over on them didn't she yeah and she was
0: like mini flapjacks with a massive grin and I was like what what do you mean she was like Everyone was jealous. And I was
1: like, yes.
0: <laughs> she looked so proud of her mum. The and words like, you
1: always want to hear off your kids. Everyone was jealous of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I usually expect that in the context of everyone's jealous. My mum's so weird.
1: At this age, it won't last long. <laughs> no, I remember once it did an Easter egg competition, and I just <laughs> we just threw loads of sweets on the on top of the Easter egg, stuck them on with chocolate and everything. Mm. Everyone else had done loads of like dead good Big stuff, whore. but but everyone was like, "Look at guys!" Him. Sorry, I'm late for the charmander Off you go then. It's the highs and lows of the maternal life. <laughs>
2: So I'm Claire. And I'm Jen. My <laughs> powers of uh, elimination, I guess. I like yes. your
0: I like your headphones. So they both okay. like, yes. n- yeah, I'm borrowing my daughters, so actually.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Rosie, Rosie Gilmoss. I um I used to be Rosie Moss, and then my first husband died um quite tragically in a scuba accident. So I then rebuilt my life. I met my live husband as I affectionately call him and (laughs) his name is Jonathan Gill and then we combined our names um because we were both widows so we sort of keep the families. Wow
1: that's lovely. That's a lovely way to do Um, it yeah. Yeah it works mostly. Well we'll go in with our questions. Mm -hmm. Our first one is when did you first suspect you might have ADHD? Um
2: it's interesting that uh, you sort of say, "Well, did I suspect I had ADHD?" Because the answer to that is, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I, looking back, displayed almost every textbook um, trait of a child, or a neurodivergent girl. But of mm. course, it wasn't diagnosed until 1998 in women, and I was born in 1981, so 1998. Sorry, so. I was diagnosed with um, eating disorders, I was in a psychiatric clinic for bulimia, um, I self-harmed and I had a very turbulent time and I don't say this as a sort of you know woe is me, um, my life was very difficult, it's more as a sort of warning to those people that think that ADHD and autism are not damaging if you are not disabled by it, you know if you can't see the disability yeah. which is actually the internal tr- um, turmoil is as you must know yourselves, it's very very hard. So sorry, I completely digressed here, but um it was a friend of mine, a friend of mine who I used to work with, and she was diagnosed and she said to me, Oh, Rose, I don't know how to say this, but do you think maybe you should have a little look at ADHD? Mm -hmm. And it's speak to have a month. I was (laughs) so pissed off. Like, how dare you? Because I have a I have an autistic son. He was diagnosed five years ago, nearly six Mm -hmm. years ago. So I know what autism and ADHD looks like in a little boy. And it's so different, isn't it? So yeah. And I, I then mentioned it to I have counselling for the, um, you know, the loss of my husband. And I sort of, you know, outraged. Well, my friends are like me and I an And she sort of went, hmm. I was going to bring this up at some point. I think mean, she wasn't able to diagnose, obviously, but I then began the process. So it was a fairly cut and dry diagnosis. Um, but as, again, you may be aware of imposter syndrome, I've actually been diagnosed twice because I didn't believe it and I felt like I was this imposter wanting the drugs you know it, it, the things that you think about oh, yourself wow. are so weird
1: yeah, yeah absolutely I totally relate to that And um, so when did you first when was did you first get diagnosed with didn't even answer your diagnosis. question did I sorry you um, totally did you totally did <laughs> honestly
2: um I was diagnosed um about probably about 18 months ago with ADHD and then earlier this year with um I guess what would have been Asperger's but high-functioning autism
0: yeah Ah. and what was your route to diagnosis then after that um was suggested
2: Um, i went private i went private um i was in a position to be able to and i felt as impulsive as we are that waiting would be detrimental and as again you and so many of your listeners will be aware the process of getting diagnosed with adhd is kind of the least adhd friendly process on the planet absolutely Oh my goodness and I mean even my son sort of formally screened for ADHD not that long ago and just watching a little boy be asked this kind of ream of questions and you're like oh this is just not designed for us. Yeah no. so I did I went private and I was under the care of a, of a doctor who um, wasn't brilliant actually just that you know we need a little bit of care don't we and yeah, yeah. I moved <laughs> moved my care fairly recently to a doctor locally to me in Kent who is phenomenal and you know to the point that I have his personal number because if things get a bit sticky like they did when I was supposed to come on last week I'm Mm. I can message him and that's been hugely comforting but it is a privilege that is denied for so many especially if you're on your own with kids how do you justify spending that sort of money on yourself Mm. even though the outcome will make you a a better mum (laughs) if you hope but it's the system is is can I swear it's fucked of course you can you that. Can, yeah. <laughs> particularly about
1: the system yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah oh and did you know like recently they've been sort of stigmatizing the, the private diagnosis on yeah. the panorama documentary and stuff like that yeah did you feel any impact from yeah. that
2: yeah I felt hunted I actually felt hunted um Aww. I could I felt like those walls were closing in and that if you say to somebody, I doubt, actually, I thought people weren't going to believe I had it, but of course, every person I say sort of goes, yeah, didn't you know? The autism was different, actually, because, I mean, that's a different topic, really, but the people were a little bit more surprised by that, because I think the idea of what autism looks like is so um, prescriptive. But of course, yeah, there is I a 70% me. comorbidity. So if you have one, you chance to sigh you have a little sniff of the other
1: um so yeah, yeah we both suspect it. it in ourselves
2: yeah. don't we yeah there's some brilliant <laughs> books actually I'll, I'll send you that I found um okay. in fact I'm listening to Melanie Sykes's autobiography at the moment uh, and yeah. she's um it's really interesting because yeah, I saw a lot of myself but yeah it did and I felt quite sort of um do you know what I thought I thought of you know like your parents generation the skeptics that think mm-hmm. it's the latest fad like autism in kids was the latest fad right yeah you know, we're all doing it for the. Disability living or whatever, um, and I wondered about that. But actually, I've been very supported by my parents, and um, I came back from holiday once, and my mum had stuck a little uh, article about ADHD on the fridge for me to read. And so oh. they haven't, nobody said anything really. And I think he, I spoke to my my counsel and he said, yes, yeah, of course. In any in any um, industry, there's going to be some people who aren't scrupulous, and unfortunately, that has happened here. But he sort of looked and he went. I don't think your diagnosis is in doubt.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's like there can be all this doubt about like the um, the ways of diagnosing and the system, but like I think it's quite clear for a lot of people.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and he said to me actually one of the most the most straightforward to do is to test you with medication. Yeah. And because if you respond to the medication, the chances are you have ADHD. If you feel sort of hyperactive or like you've had speed, then you probably don't. Now, yeah. It's not an exact science because it's lots of different medication. But I remember the first time I took a medication. And the only way I can describe it to you is, you know, when you turn down the volume to park so you can see there and it's a weird thing you do to your brain. And <laughs> yeah. that's what it felt like. And it's just like the noise, the bees just went down and just the ability to complete a task. You know, uh, just you think yeah. I'm going to make a packed lunch without emptying the Tupperware cupboard and cleaning the kitchen floor. Yes, and yes. I mean, even before I came on here, right, I was going to be down here quarter two. I was going to be ready. I decided that I'm going to quickly have a shower.
1: Mm. And then I'm in the shower and
2: I'm like, should I shave my bikini Why? Like? <laughs> <laughs> Can you see it? I mean, well, that's medicated, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I was like, Jen, yeah. decided
2: she's just going to change their top as yeah, you were, as you were logging in. <laughs> I do it all the time. I'll sit here and I'll be like, oh, no. And so in the end, I just, just give up now and just wear a bag of T-shirt because it's, I get so stressed. And like the camera on and so I just, just don't look, just don't look. <laughs> yeah, no, I
1: I hate the camera as well. But it's
2: what we have to do if we want to get any traction, isn't it? This is what I've discovered. Yeah, yeah definitely.
1: Yeah, gotta. um so.
0: Did you say that you actually got diagnosed twice then through change in care?
2: Yes, he he had to re-diagnose. So um, it was a very quick process because he had all the paperwork. So that wasn't a a re-expense, if you like. It was more of just a sort of, I guess, second opinion. Yeah, I guess. And I think it just put my mind at rest because this imposter syndrome, it's really weird, isn't it? Because why Mm. would we wish this upon ourselves? And I found I sort of gave myself a bit of a talking to, and I'm thinking you've just been diagnosed with two really kind of quite profound neurological conditions, which have impacted you for 42 years. And then you're thinking that you might have made this up. And because for me personally, ADHD came with a catalogue of uh, comorbidities such as eating disorders and addictions and self harms and ideations. You know, all the really shitty stuff. You know that you don't want to talk about. Um, And I suppose I felt that maybe I was trying to alleviate myself of some shame by saying, well, it's not me. It's this condition. Mm. And as you know, we're not very good at taking shame away from ourselves. We tend to pile it on and and crush ourselves with it. So perhaps I didn't think I deserved an excuse. I don't know really. I mean, I've, I'm sort of psychoanalyzing myself now, but I'm very comfortable with my diagnosis now, if that makes sense. I'm very accepting of who I am and, the reason why I feel things so very, very strongly. And and I don't necessarily think that's always a bad thing. It just means that we're quite vulnerable to, to overwhelm, aren't we?
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think from an early age, we're all conditioned to not make excuses, aren't we? It's yeah. kind of like we'll have experienced that so many times as as kids and teenagers. It's like when starting Lame. to explain ourselves for the fuck-ups that we make constantly, mm-hmm like we're told not to make excuses and actually that's yeah. so deep ingrained and it, it finding out at such a late stage in our like own experiences it's sort of like it's hand in hand isn't it it's like you feel mm. you do feel that you're making excuses when you're given yeah. this explanation for so many parts of you that just don't work and you just don't know why and obviously the fact that it's invisible to everyone else except for your you know perceived failings or flakiness or yeah x and
2: y and z the mantra in my head that's always there is like for fuck's sake Rosie for fuck's sake Rosie because yes. it's always of course i of course I've lost the keys it's like nobody else has lost mm-hmm. the keys of course it's me
0: yeah whereas
2: my phone I have this kind of bag I don't know if it's in shot like carry around that has all my things in it and if that yeah. bag goes missing in fact you can't see it this little orange bag and, <laughs> and yeah. it, and but even then, that little bag gets left empty and spreads around all over the place. And it is—it's—it's it's really difficult to grant yourself empathy and compassion for something that has been viewed as a flaw for, for so long. And I know that you guys have got children. You're both on your own as well, aren't you? So yeah. yeah um, how old are your? Sorry, I'm now interviewing you. How old are your children? Now, <laughs> <laughs> my
1: my son is eleven. And is he is he not Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, he's under assessment at the moment, but it's pretty clear. To anyone who knows them, that I he have is. A, um,
2: my son's 11 in September actually so um, um, I've just made the decision to um homeschool him for <gasps> <six>. oh, <gasps> oh my word Poety, um, <laughs> He is not thriving and he um there was no school available to him in Kent because for secondary because of his emotional deregulation yeah. so the ASC schools won't take him because of this in normal schools you know the drill it's shit isn't mm-hmm. it the, the yeah. revision so I sort of made the choice that for year six, we would do kings into high. So I'm not teaching. That's not, he would not do well in that circumstance. It would uh, be done at home. Yeah. So I can just sort of meet some of the more. Um, is it like an online school? Yeah, then. it is. It's meant, uh, it's meant to be amazing. It's got, I think she said something like half of their intake in the right divergent. So they're kind of scooping yeah. up these kids. that was answering. But, um, I, yeah, so I, sorry, just off, obviously I went off on a tangent there, but I, Worry myself about their mental health, you know, going through um or his mental health. He's my only child that's confirmed with a diagnosis, but mm. I, I certainly see traits in them all. How old yeah. are your others? So uh, my eldest is thirteen, so he's just finished year eight, um, and then I have Hector, who's will be eleven in September, and then I have an adopted daughter, Holly, who's ten, and then I have Tabitha, who's five. Wow. Oh yes and they, oh, they are power two yeah yeah they're brilliant though they are brilliant I mean they're loud but they're brilliant yeah, <laughs> you
0: yeah a that's a, you that's a, a lot of voices isn't it in one home six okay. of you is it six I've, I've of talking you spoon.
2: yeah there is and I'm sort of like talking spoon talking spoon one voice at a time uh-huh, I like that I just uh-huh. can't cope can it but me being diagnosed has brought me and Hector so close yeah because he is incredibly compassionate and empathetic as so many autistic people are despite the kind of um assumption about us and he really likes the fact that I'm the same as him and that we've always been very, very close. And I wonder if that's perhaps, perhaps why we saw this kindred spirit.
1: Mm, I think my son yeah. and I share a similar understanding. Mm. Um, I don't have loops, no, do you, Jen? You, you do, worry about the sound, don't you? I, lot, I well. do I do have the loops and I kept them in for that whole gig at the weekend.
0: And um, ah. I don't know, I was it was good but for me it's a sensory thing as well I'm really waiting for myself to get used to the feeling of
2: mm. feeling
0: them in my ears all and the time and
2: your voice back I find that even with headphones I find that really odd yeah. that sort of echoey sensation I, I've used them at gigs and stuff and I tend to use airpods I've got the noise cancelling, cancelling ones oh, yeah. um, and I sometimes just put them in when I'm cooking the dinner if it's all getting a bit leery in the kitchen with a million different demands for you know snacks
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well, yeah, well, I bought them planning to just have them in when I was like, I'm, my kids are still really young, like three and six, two three little girls. Six. Six-year-old is also awaiting assessment for autism and ADHD. Um, and they're, you know, they're just, they're either both talking at me at the same time or they've got the telly on, or sometimes the telly and the iPad, yep. but they want me with them all the time. Like they're That's not, hard. they're just not at a stage where I'm able to like move away from yeah. them and go and do other stuff in the house or do my own thing in any way. So
2: I'm it's just not, constantly
0: overstimulated by their telly, if nothing yeah. else. So I bought it for that, but I lost them for ages in the house. Well, I've just found mine. That's why they're on my <laughs>
2: mind because I've just found them down here in the annex. <laughs> it, it, it's the overstimulation of being a mother because. Now, I self-medicated for my first, probably, hang on, how long have I been sober for two years? So I self-medicated for 12 years of motherhood. Now, not when I was pregnant and my children were safe, it's closed now, it's safe, but um, and I think that's probably why. I think because I now realise that I don't like nightclubs. Who the fuck likes nightclubs? I went to a Hendu last weekend and I walked immediately out. Um, <laughs> but if you're off your tits, they're much more fun. And I think the yeah. same applies to motherhood. That sounds terrible. But when you're really battling with this sensory overload and the demands on your time, and let's us it's just the touch, right? Just the constant touch. Yeah. Now, I love to be hugged by my children, but sometimes just one sticky little hand on me is enough to just kind of explode and and then you have the guilt because it's not their fault and all they want is you and oh my god yeah. you just go around in this kind of guilt and shame cycle. But I I mean your girls Jennifer are a little bit young for this but I do try and articulate to the kids why I feel like this. And um, yeah. Um and I just think it's trial and error, isn't it? This is also new for us. I had I actually had some widowed friends around at the weekend and I just had to take myself up upstairs and kind of have a light down. Oh.
1: Because
2: I realized that was the point that I would have just started necking the wine because that's yeah. when the noise got too much so I do think finding this the thing I really struggled with as well is feeling more autistic or more ADHD once I got diagnosed and that's when you start going well am I just making this shit up now
0: yeah Somebody I know described- what you mean actually yeah. yeah in terms of I think it's you you allow yourself to notice it because like my my like self-awareness of the autism possibility is so recent Mm -hmm. like this year and it's it's through having gotten to know my partner more who is autistic um, and had had an Asperger's diagnosis when he was a kid and um through getting to know him for the last couple of years it's like just That's completely opened my mind on what autism Mm. looks like, as you said before. Like, he's incredibly empathetic, super caring, considerate,
2: communicative, really outgoing and sociable. Yeah, Yeah. this is the thing. I think people just couldn't imagine that the party rose, as, you know, my sort of alter ego was, you know, the sequin clad dancing on the tables, (laughs) woman could possibly have anxiety have autism have sensory issues but yeah alcohol is it's kind of provides you this layer of um this buffer between I feel like a kind of raw that I'm quite raw and then alcohol gave you this sort of layer between um me and the world but ultimately it, it doesn't work forever and no. it was it wasn't doing me any favors but since I got medication medication I do find that I'm I'm less pulled back into it. You know, sometimes it's a struggle, and I think, oh, God, you know, particularly if I'm having a bad day, wouldn't it be brilliant just to get completely blotto? But um the meds do help with that kind of impulsivity side of things as well, which is helpful. That's, That's good. good.
1: Yeah, because yeah, I can totally relate to the self medication, the alcohol, and the partying mm-hmm, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Not so much recently, but. that be the kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I was still doing yes, it when I was him. <laughs> Not so recently. Of me. <laughs> <laughs> um be- I think because I'm becoming more aware of of my own my own self, my own needs and how you know partying all night
2: probably it and it's probably not the best and we don't have enough road. dopamine anyway do we and it just yeah. sucks
1: it all out the um, next day it's oh, hard <laughs> like the day after the day after yeah. that that was the worst
2: yeah. and I do I love the fact that I wake up there a hangover, but I also have nothing to protect me when it crashes in on me and mm. I know as I spoke to you um, last week I felt very very yeah. vulnerable and sort of reached out for help and you realize that there's so little out there and yeah that doesn't help with the loneliness and the isolation because you know we are you know aware that particularly the combined effort of ADHD and autism comes with it so many um mental health disorders and we are mm-hmm. prone to such crashes and spirals but it comes down to that feeling of well oh, I don't want to say I don't feel great because I've got ADHD because you just don't want to be that person do you that yeah. sort of but I under greater understanding and I found s- Um, surrounding myself with other people who are neurodivergent or have neurodivergent children and creating this network of people that just get it yeah get if you're going to cancel last minute because you just can't and that's cool you know you can't do it every time absolutely it Mm. creates that normalcy doesn't it it's like you're your own you're your own
0: community then and like obviously you exist within a neurotypical world largely but Mm. you just feel more and more like yourself and more and more Normal, don't you? As as we yeah. still say normal or not normal. But what this, is
2: yeah. it? It's very interesting because it's quite comparable. I mean, in very different ways to being widowed, because you go through a period of grief because you grieve the life that you had. You now I felt quite angry and I thought, my God, what could I have been? What mm-hmm. might you know what what might I have avoided if I only knew or if my parents knew? my parents were terrible, they didn't know, but how could they? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, my brain dropped out. Ah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well yep yeah, you you started talking there about being widowed and you widowed sorry to, there we go no? there we go we were gonna was- gonna ask you about you know how you got to where you are today and about yeah. how you're doing your podcast about yes. being widowed and stuff like that and if so, you don't mind telling us no a bit I, don't about that. I don't mind at
2: all I don't mind at all I'm quite happy to talk about it and it, it does tie in a little bit because the kind of grief aspect of grieving the life that you've lost, of grieving the life that you might have been able to have and kind of the person that you thought you were. I really struggled with letting go of this persona that I had and I struggled with letting go of the person I was when I was married to Ben because we were very, very happy. We had three children and um I actually said the words to my mum, you know, my life is perfect. And oh. on the roll of a dice, um, he went scuba diving one Monday morning and he never came home. Oh, so... Good. The complications surrounding not having a body—you know—he's never been found. So I went into a bit of a spiral. I mean, I kept the kids going, I got them to school, and I sort of muddled through running a business. And I drank a lot, and I numbed my feelings a lot. And when I met John, and things got better, and I realised it it was my daughter's birthday, it was my daughter's birthday, and I was so drunk, um, I didn't really remember it, which makes me feel horrible now. So I then got myself into therapy and and went through the. um, sober and it was through the set therapy really that um the the traits began to show and Mm. I don't know how you felt this but when somebody when you get over the initial shock of oh shit I might have ADHD um and you start to list it and all the problems that can come along with it and you just Mm. think oh my god that's the answer that's why I have felt like there's this wall between me and the rest of the world and I'm not weird and I'm not a freak I have a a dopamine (laughs) lack in my brain Yeah um and I think the idea of being a troll and being isolated is very familiar to me from being widowed and I you feel the same sort of thing you think well I, I don't want to be autistic and I get like I don't want to be like this and I want to be able to go out on a Hindu and talk to people in a crowded bar and not have to kind of go into the toilet and rock and shake and sort of flap my hands like you know in my head like I feel like a lunatic but that is who I am and actually much like being widows is now who I am and I've had to make peace with you you make peace with this new version of you, and you know we're fucking awesome right like I you know, I don't prep for stuff I can just sit down and do an interview it's it, because that's and the empathy and the kindness and the compassion that we have those are things that we should celebrate and yeah fuck it we need cupboard doors open and lose our keys but we're still we're still human yeah in. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah I think right. where I am on that journey to to the self-acceptance mm. to thinking like yeah, my house is a mess but I'm a nice person I'm kind to people I care about people yeah you know I I, I can do things creative and stuff and it's it's finding those good things within you
2: and try not to think that we have to be perfect at everything because I was Mm. the kind of mum that would make the little cupcakes with the little lego figure on and you know send Mm. them to the class I was that twat right that was me uh, overachieving and then I became the mum that would screech up 10 minutes late every day, stinking a booze, throwing the kids out of the car. But And now I've just met in the middle. You know, the house mm. doesn't look like a show home, but it doesn't look like a crack then. I think, you know, we'll, we'll go for somewhere <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I still miss things, but I've got a lot of um, <clears throat> Post-it notes. And we are currently trying to devise this kind of AI system to help us called Notion. I'll let you know if it works. Oh, yeah. Um, I've got a massive blackboard and I just write stuff on the blackboard in the morning where I've got to be at what time because and I'm recently trying an Apple watch I mean you try everything you You do don't you You've I like the idea of a board for
1: every
0: day. I've got my whiteboard, but I haven't updated it for two weeks. I've let the no, kids draw really. all over it. <laughs> I got sick, didn't I, Claire? I had like yeah. a, a little series of like ill health for a couple of weeks, just little things, but that took up like a few days each, and I just yeah. lost track of everything. Like I've just done like my boyfriend was laughing at me because I was like, Well, I'm gonna get some content out of it. But like he came round and um my kitchen was like a week's worth of having yeah. like fed the kids, but not, I wasn't even scraping the plates at the end of the dinners. Of plates, so there was like, well, I really need to let myself do that once in a while. Yeah. A friend with ADHD and kids um, suggested that to me because she does it. Um, but I was just like the kitchen. I've never seen it as bad as it was. And thankfully, bless him. He helped me and did a lot of it while I was doing other, like catching up with the house. Yeah. And um, now it feels unrecognisably
2: gorgeous do you know I got Hector yeah. to tidy his room yesterday I did the full mum you know monster mommy, <laughs> wow. so, and then they all, they all tidied the rooms and he said oh I feel really sort of warm and fuzzy inside because my room's tidy and I'm like "Yes, yeah, see this Aww. is what I'm trying to get across you know, if <laughs> I was I was horribly messy and untidy and I know that it definitely reflects my mental health yeah. if I'm surrounded by chaos and I'm not washed and my, you know, the bedroom's kind of littered with discarded clothes that I loved the day before and now detest and yes. they burn my skin. Mm. Um, <laughs> but hearing you talk about sort of the paper plate thing, uh, it's interesting because you must have heard of the ADHD tax and we definitely yeah. pay yeah. that tax, don't we? Yeah, it, it's things like having to, um, it could be something as stupid as I might find a pair of pants that I like. So I will buy eight pairs of these pants because I'm like, yes, yeah. the, the yeah. answer is here. And then a week later, those pants are dead to me. So I've got eight pairs yeah. of pants just lolling about in the back of the drawer, and I, I do it with my son as well because he's he suffers with sensory, sp- and we'll buy clothes, and then I'll take the labels out, and they don't work anymore.
0: Happens with my daughter a lot, <laughs> yeah. like, and I only I only buy things from vintage, really, like, love um, vintage. but but even then you know and you feel like you're making a saving but even then often i'll get something and it'll be based on like either the size that she wears very oversized and she can't bear like anything like tight she can't Mm. wear knickers still for quite a long time now so she wears like baggy pj shorts as knickers yeah but then obviously that limits anything else that she can wear with them and like but yeah
1: even when i get something it seems
0: like yeah She's, she's in been an extreme, in like that for a while
1: isn't she though. Yeah, she's in like she a is.
0: very 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 altered
2: version of the school uniform but Hector is as well are really yeah. supportive of that. Is she Hector was in a SRP which is a special resource provision within a mainstream yeah. school and they basically let him sort of bastardize the uniform and make it tolerable. but similar he would have to wear a, um, a seamless vest and then an oversized shirt and Yeah trousers were a nightmare because I mean school trousers are horrible so we yeah. in the end I just said look he's he's here,
0: you know, yeah. Better, better, <laughs> here. yeah 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 thank you
1: really supportive haven't they They're my son's yeah. school would like tell him off for wearing the wrong pair of socks you know oh, it's just, it was just like really strict
2: we're supposed to have been so we're supposed to have come so far aren't we yeah. and supposed to know so much more about these children but even with it, um, a diagnosis they're still not getting the care that they need but Hector does have any HCP but within my sort of peer group it, it's unusual and because yeah. he is quite high functioning it's extremely unusual but then I get an almost sort of um ostracized because my kid's not that autistic but he's got an HCP so you sort of even within the um community that I'm of this community you sort of feel a bit like an imposter I guess because oh, I've yeah. got friends whose children's are very, children are very children very disabled by it and then of course Hector is um I really don't like the word high functioning because it implies the rest of them are low functioning but mm. um we work with what we've got and low needs is like a different version
0: that I've heard recently, is a, that's isn't it? where you place the emphasis needs, yeah. on the needs rather than the
2: yeah but it's because he's verbal and academically able. That doesn't mean that he's not going through a lot of turmoil. And yeah. I'm very aware that, um, and but autistic children particularly don't process big emotions the same as we do uh, yeah. immediately. So, although his dad died five years ago, we're really only seeing the grief come out now. And this is why I want to do this year with him because I want to practice what I preach. You know, I talk yoga yeah. and meditation. I mean, I talk it. Yeah, I don't always do it. Um, and therapy. And I found this amazing company called Mind Jam, which um is run by people and they, they game and they talk while they're gaming. So oh wow. I'm thinking if you care if you with your son. Yeah, you think he'd love that. Yeah. <clears throat> it's called Mind Jam. I'll send you a link to it. Oh please. Hector's only done one session, but he really liked it. And there's there are things out there to support neurodivergent children, but you have to bloody look for it. And mm. yeah I mean it, our house is kind of run in quite a neurodivergent way in the, there's lots of little pockets of space and um you know everybody has a little kind of I sort of built a sanctuary you know that and but of course you still have to go out into the world I don't know it's it's tough because you can put all the scaffolding and all the support in place at home and you can have your fiddle toys and your chill out room and your mm. sensory stuff but we're mothers and we still have to go to soft play and kids parties and school runs and it hurts like it physically hurts right yeah Sometimes. yeah and yeah You don't really have a choice. And I I made the decision to go on to um, Sertraline recently, which I really didn't want to. But I was finding these things were getting so overwhelming for me that I was needing time to recuperate. And I don't have time. (laughs) Sometimes you do, but not always. And I, again, it's that buffer thing. I thought maybe it would just give me a little bit of a layer between myself and the world while the children, well, they need so much kind of noisy input. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Is that an SSRI, Charlene?
2: I believe way? so. Yeah, it's. Yes. Um, I took fluoxetine, which is a Prozac. I was prescribed yeah. that very young, and um, and I think probably that's what masked a lot of the traits for me, enabled me to go under the radar. Yeah. And then it was only when I went through this kind of process of getting off alcohol, I was like, I don't need any of this. I'm going to go natural. I'm going to take my saffron gummies. and <laughs> I'm going to be zen. <laughs> And then you just think, why? Why? If I was diabetic, I would take whatever I needed. If it's and it's a cliche, but it's, it's true. It's, um... yeah, it's so true. Like Claire's given me
0: a lot of that over the last like couple of years. Was really nobody does. Jen
2: frozen. Fifteen year old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could
1: have been worse. Oh, she's back. Oh, yeah, she's back. She's back. You got frozen, <laughs> looking a bit distraught.
0: It's yeah. <laughs> because I, I was keeping in mind that. Um... How you'd you know use that same analogy with me of like you know if you've got a condition that needs medication, you would take it if you were yeah. diabetic or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. so difficult, isn't it? Because it's mood related and it's person. It's yeah. it's kind of the the parts of you that have have showed up in personality and in, it's so inextricable. A lot of it, isn't it, from like how mm-hmm. you've lived your life and who you yeah. feel that you are, and when you find out mm-hmm. so much detail at such a later stage of becoming yourself as you're supposed to be like self-actualized you happening like
2: authentic self yeah
0: happening like when you're already in the role of mother which is so discombobulating anyway like you you thought you knew who you were you kind of got to experience living in the world as you then you became like a 24-hour carer to someone else, yeah. let alone in multiples. Like you lose so much of yourself. And then to find out during that time of your life, all this other stuff retrospectively yeah. that will also continue for the rest of your life. It's like an absolute, it's puts you in a tailspin, doesn't it? And, and finding um, out that you're not I, who you
2: thought you were. This was, um, sorry, I talked to you. Of course no, I did. that's I mean, okay. You know, <laughs> <just> that <laughs> that's,
0: that's what we do. For that reason, I was, you know, kind of convinced that I didn't want to. I I was also on fluoxetine very young, yeah, and I had a horrible experience Me with it. Too. Like I was inside, oh, wait, no, that's I was inside a bubble. I had no emotions. But without going on about that, I yes, just didn't is. want to. Um, I didn't want to experience that again. I had been on citalopram before I was pregnant and loved it, to be honest. But I just didn't want to go back there. And then it got to the stage yeah. where I was thinking do you know what this is actually making me cringe too much that I'm ringing my GP every week crying that like I don't know how I'm going to carry on and they're saying yeah. You sure you don't want to try some medication <laughs> like you know so it was like <laughs> and you <laughs> just
2: think why well, I'm being offered a lifeline here why don't I yeah. try and I'm exactly. much like you with phloxacin I took a very low dose and um sort of came off it when I was pregnant and things like that and
0: So, at this point in the interview, the sound begun to be like this. And it happens another couple of times. So, I'm going to spare you and I've edited back from where we make any sense again.
2: Oh, she's back. Claire was just telling me about the fact that you can't, you're on the waiting list for medication for three years. That's outrageous. Yes.
0: Yeah, and that's... 10 years after diagnosis. It's basically as if like I have to be diagnosed through a condition the NHS that do that. They wanted out. to
2: rediagnose me. That's mm. why I've not gone back into the NHS because I went to have my care put back in and they sent out the yeah. forms to start the whole process again. Yeah,
1: we were just talking about going private. I was saying we're both totally skint, aren't we? Is
2: our problem. Do you follow um ADHD AF? Because yeah. they did a f- fundraising, didn't they, for money for one of them to be like di- To be, although that might been diagnosis, did they? but yeah. you know, people. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, once we've got the podcast going, we do hope to monetize if I yeah. have a Patreon and stuff. Yeah. So who knows? Well, who I'm going to be monetization we... of
2: a new one, um, so I can always yeah. kind of let you know, you know, as kind of three women just kind of going into this world with <laughs> absolutely no clue what we're doing. Yeah, I will feed back to you anything. Yeah, and John, well, he he was um. He ran a, a business, so he's got much more business acumen. I just like he just says, like, "You're the talent. You're the talent." So, um, so oh, it might even be that. That's he can great him. that he's so involved and supportive. Yeah, he's, he's, he's. A, I'm very, yeah. very lucky, actually. And it's a funny one because I don't know whether I'd have come to this conclusion had I stayed in my old life, because perhaps it took this break and fracture in my life to make me reevaluate things and realize that actually, behaving the way that I was behaving not really normal and that's and it's when you say oh what you mean that you don't have like a million things in your head at any one time and people look at you like no no and again but but talking about it and you doing this and encouraging people to talk about it means that we lose all the isolation and I think that this doing these podcasts and particularly for people with ADHD podcasts are a much more accessible medium than books or um Definitely, reading things. You listen. You can have stuff in your ears, and and do the million other one things we do at any time. Yeah, I use Absolutely. podcasts
1: to help me like get the mm. boring stuff done. To be honest we've got like people talking in my yeah. ears it well,
2: gets and, me and, through and, and I think it probably does stem from this idea of us not being very good at being in our own company as well because I've always need the radio always on and I recently tried meditation so yeah. I thought I'm only doing meditation to avoid sitting in my own thoughts as well that's just another thing I'm putting in my ears
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely so how, how have you changed what's changed the most since your diagnosis
2: um, I think probably granting myself a little bit more equity because realizing that I just yeah. feel like shit because I've forgotten a coffee date or I've you know missed to bring a bottle into school for you no know, uniform day and the sort of realization that those are not the fundamental things that make you a decent human being and actually yeah reducing down the things that you expect yourself to do is good and I am a nightmare for this you know my I will just book things book things book things again don't want to be in your own head you know we don't need an actual psychologist here we know but (laughs) I said to you I don't even know whether it was on the recording about having some friends around and sloping off and just laying on the bed and putting my headphones on and listening to the whatever song is my current song that I'll listen over and over until the whole house is sick of it um and then i came back down and was able to enjoy it so I, I think that's probably the the main thing i i am lucky that my my husband is supportive because i know so many friends whose husbands haven't been and feel like it's just another kind of an accommodation they're going to have to make for their wives um and that, that is that's mm. sad because it isn't a fad or a quirk or you know, yes there are aspects of it that are funny and I feel quite protective of that and I sort of don't want to not be able to mock myself or my friends for the you know the ADHD traits that are funny but yeah it comes with crushing self-doubt um low self-esteem yeah. um you don't trust your I don't I didn't have any opinions I didn't doing mm. this would have filled me with horror because I didn't genuinely believe all, because I didn't trust myself, or I didn't, I couldn't focus enough to find out about things, whereas yes. I now realize that the things that I'm really interested in, I focus, I'm, I'm like a, a little armchair expert here, you know, yes, I can so. talk ADHD, grief, I Just realizing that we're not broken, because that, you feel so flawed, and this narrative of you're not good enough, or you're too much, is, it, you know, you said it's been enough since we were tiny
1: my partner also got oh, diagnosed wow. so we're like is is this the big love connection that i thought it was or do we are we just both neurodivergent and we get each other <laughs> but i think it's both yeah, but
2: don't you think we are drawn we're drawn to each yeah, other, aren't we? Definitely. Right? Because um John John is not close nice with neurodivergence, and he won't mind me saying this, but he, he taught himself to do computer, programme computers under the duvet with a torch. You know, that takes a special brain, yeah? It does. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and I, my friends, and they say if you if all your friends are neurodivergent and you're not, you maybe want to go and get yourself checked, right? Yeah, it, and definitely heard
1: that one, yeah. But we
2: are honest and we are loyal and we care mm. so very deeply. And yes, we might be we might be prone to the odd sort of you know, storm out of a WhatsApp group or you know, a little bit of erratic behavior. But essentially, if you are friends with somebody who is neurodivergent, the chances are you have a friend for life yeah. and they will with a person that turn up on your doorstep when you need them. Um, they just might forget to text you back for three years first, <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, so do you have any ADHD mom hacks for us? Um. <sighs>
2: <laughs> well, funny enough, just before I came out here, I said to my eldest, who was sort of skulking around the kitchen, probably looking for food, and I said, "Oh, I'm just about to go on a podcast talking about being an ADHD mum." And I said, well, "Have you got anything you'd like to say?" And he just sort of looked at me and, you know, growled like a bit. <laughs> and, um, essentially, said he said, "Well, I've never known anything different." Mm. And I thought that's so true. We beat ourselves up for not being the perfect mother because we we see what we perceive as the perfect mothers on social media at school gate PTA. Mm. and we feel like we're failing and we're not because just because we're not perfect and that per- word perfect I think is something that we hold over ourselves and we just wait not let ourselves be good enough and but I think that's probably the biggest advice I would give an ADHD mum is to realize that your child doesn't know any different that you are the only mum they've ever known in most cases yes. and they love you and they love your flaws and by being sort of open and honest if they're of an age where it's appropriate I like I apologize after my meltdowns because sometimes I'm my throat shit you know it's not nice for the kids and I don't want to scare them so I need them to be reassured that that is not who I am and that I was I was having a meltdown and I mean I personally found medication incredibly helpful and hearing about the struggles that you've both had to access it it just and it seems such a stupid philosophy because if we were medicated we'd be less depressed we'd be more you know productive we'd have less time off work we we'd need less external uh-huh. support and yeah it's just because it's got this reputation in America of soccer mums taking it to get their chores done and quite frankly it's not nice but you wouldn't take it for pleasure Jesus Christ and I say that
1: no
0: <laughs> I mean that the, the combination of everything like the lack of provision And then the I don't know the doubt the doubt and the sort of stigmatization of private services Mm -hmm. as well, even though so much of the NHS provision now comes Mm -hmm. through the private services through rate to choose.
2: Yeah, well, I thought I might have to be reassessed by the NHS after all this, and also you talked there about the kind of stigmatization, and I definitely feel this because I uh, I am lucky because I'm able to pay for it, but I really feel that almost a guilt because you see people struggling who can't and I, I mean i talked about it in therapy actually and she said but well, you know yes, yeah, if you have the money and you don't you're doing yourself a disservice and your children a disservice because you're yeah. getting better oh, yeah. um and also you're removing yourself from the queue so i think yeah but you're yeah. helping
1: us out by getting out the queue <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i bumped
2: out the way but it shouldn't be like this. It really shouldn't. It, you should be able to access the treatment for the you know, the conditions that you have, the condition that makes your life harder than it ought to be and that creates so much pressure on women and, and, you know, mothers who are up against it in a way that we've never been before. The expectation of perfection in every aspect of our lives, the way we look, the way we cook, the way we work, parent. you know, we're still expected to prance about in thongs and, I mean, our parents' generation, they have different pressures, but this expectation of perfection just didn't exist back then. And and I think it's yeah. incredibly damaging yeah. to us.
1: And being um, a generation where it's just expected... That you're going to work and you're going to run a household,
2: never miss a sports day, there for every play, yeah. but still maybe be a CEO as well, you know? Marathon time yeah. yeah, I'm,
0: I'm really gobsmacked at how many like events are put on in school hours, you know, that they want that they invite the parents to casually. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've been so lucky to be able to go so far, but like, I really feel for the, the other parents that are like, oh, you know, and I've had a friend who's recently got. Got her first job since having her two kids, you know, and she's suddenly like absolutely gutted to be missing like all the things yeah. that her daughter does in school. And it's just assumed yeah. that you can that I, I think that it's assumed that mum can go. To be honest, and it's yeah. like
2: just crazy. Yeah, yeah you're, there's so much. We have our children currently span three different schools, and the honest yeah. is at secondary, and they obviously don't do much there, but. Yeah, there's, uh, it's the summer term and the Christmas term. And the same as you, I've got the mum WhatsApp chat, and we're already just finishing the reception year. Um, you feel really bad for them because they genuinely feel so awful that they can't be there. But it's trying to explain mm. to, and I, I also think there's an element of explaining to children that disappointment, you know, if you want to be taken out at the weekend or you want the sweeties on a Friday, somebody has to earn the money to pay for it but it's a tough, yeah. it's a yeah, tough one <laughs> five or six isn't it that, so
1: yeah tough. and I used to try and get the time off to go through everything and then your colleagues yeah. are like yeah. oh you know they're always off like for this and that and you're like yeah
2: yeah and you do any the, do feel you torn have, um, any have work sort of granted you both i don't know what you do for work apart from this obviously but if you have granted you any sort of equity because of your diagnosis or do you find that you're still kind of fighting losing battle In, in i'm currently
1: off work sick and i will be returning to work soon um and i'm going to apply for the access to work
2: yeah and is that related to the neurological you don't have to tell me sorry if i'm no, over
1: i have some um physical problems well i've got um fibromyalgia which is like a chronic pain condition oh that's awful but I am going to ask for stuff around me ADHD as well more so like worried about telling them I've got ADHD you know because my job is very is very responsible mm-hmm. and I'm worried they'll be like oh well, how can you do that job with ADHD I'm like well I've been doing it for 13 years
2: yes I've managed so yeah. far but again, <laughs> yeah. it comes with the, the shame and not asking for help because you're worried about what the reaction would be and mm-hmm. uh, making it all about me because ADHD but after I went to the um I went to the hospital the GP they did call and, and actually John spoke to him and they sort of he explained the situation and that they had basically told an autistic woman that she couldn't leave you know meltdown was anticipated surely um and they retracted the referral but I just know this kind of fear of like oh my god I've asked for help and and I and yeah instead I feel like I've been villainized. Sometimes
1: I've considered like I'm struggling I want to ask for help but what if then I get put on some kind of list that I'm not a good enough exactly, mom or something exactly like that. Exactly listen it
2: breaks my heart to hear you say that because that is exactly how I felt and when I first started going into counseling one of the primary driving forces was my um, alcohol dependency but I sort of mm. skirted around it for months and wouldn't talk about it and you know sort of really glossed yeah. over it and eventually I told her because I thought I'm never going to get better unless I do and she reacted in the perfect way and she was so supportive but this fear that if I was to speak about having anyway let's not let's be serious they sell wine at sports day right you know and then there's yeah. when mothers have drink problems but the fear and the shame of mentioning it because it might bring trouble to my door prevented me yes. from seeking help yeah. for a long time and I think that must be so common and again I, I refer to our kind of neurological diversity but we are predisposed to having low mood and disordered eating mm. and addictions and, and impulsivity yes. and stuff and
1: like,
2: like a that yeah. you know the, the situations I put myself in particularly as a teenager
0: what happened don't leave us hanging Rosie <laughs> oh wait it was my internet connection again and no. from that point on it was just Claire and Rosie having a chat without me again
1: yeah but, <laughs> but we've lost that as well I said
0: was gold content and like
1: ju- just yeah. like well, so it's the best forged a real friendship we've ever done <laughs> <laughs> you, you yes. and um, so we had to ask the lovely Rosie to just send us in a little sign off didn't we yes and she's done a great job she
0: did um, oh we love Rosie we do
1: we absolutely love her
0: yes here she is to say goodbye
2: Hello, ladies and listeners. I just wanted to check back in and do a little sign-off because I believe we had some slight technical issues during the record. So, really, I want to thank, thank both of you for what you're doing for giving people the opportunity to share their experiences of having ADHD, and for me personally, about being diagnosed late. I was fortunate enough to be able to pay privately and. Um, But even doing that, it's been a lengthy and convoluted process. And I'm recording this from my bedroom rather than my studio because I'm actually just coming out the other side of a pretty grim ADHD spiral, which kind of knocked me for six a bit, if I'm honest. So having the opportunity to share this and talk about it and hear other people's experiences of living with this condition, I think it's so valuable. So thank you once again. And if anybody does want to hear a little bit more about me or what I do, my podcast is Widowed AF and you can find me on Instagram with the same. It's Widowed underscore AF. Many thanks.
0: So tell me what is coming up next month. Well,
1: my darling, we're going to discuss pregnancy as many mums have been pregnant, but not all not all we acknowledge and and it can be a difficult time for mums who have adhd because they feel they need to stop taking the medication and we do discuss that a bit we discuss some research into medication during pregnancy we discuss the effect of hormones during pregnancy and the, the interaction with adhd and we talk about our own pregnancy stories. What
0: we can remember of them.
1: Yeah. But because they weren't so recent and our memories are not so good, we've got some people who we've got uh, someone who's currently pregnant. Yeah. Although she might have had it by now. Yeah. Well,
0: by the time, yeah, I think yeah. she will have done. So hopefully yeah. we can get a little update from her. From yeah. our listeners.
1: Some other listeners who tell us their experience of pregnancy and some experts. Which expert are you thinking of? Well, we've got the
0: ADHD midwife. Which, how do you remember how we found her? <laughs> uh, well, I'll remind you, we were having a little brainstorm meeting about pregnancy month. Yeah. We were like, we, we need, you know, we need experts. We yeah. were like, yeah. It was a knackered day. We've been going a long time. We created a lot of TikToks that day. Every we day is a knackered
1: out. day for me, but. Yeah, true. Yeah.
0: Um, and. I was like, I don't know, we'll look on Instagram for, like, ADHD midwife or something. And yeah. you were like, oh, yeah, good luck. That would be, ah, be sweet. And I typed cynic. ADHD midwife and was like, the ADHD midwife? What about her? She's in the UK as well. She's a mum. Yeah. She's got ADHD. She's a midwife. I'm so cynical. There um, you go. You know yeah. what? Yeah. It pays to dream. <laughs> oh, well. No. Maybe.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. it Does.
0: So yeah, we we cover a, a lot of areas, <laughs> don't we?
1: <laughs> yes. So join us for a pregnancy month, and um, you sound
0: like Maleficent at the cradle. Join yes. us for a newborn baby. <laughs> um, I think that's enough from us, don't you? Oh, Me yeah. particularly.
1: I need to go to bed. What What will you do first? Go when I go to bed. First. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: okay. And say it with us, Sisters in Chaos!